Welcome in to the DNVR Avalanche post-game podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, the number one rated sportsbook app out there. I am your host, Rudo, joined by AJ Hayfley and Blaze Hunter to talk about a hockey game. Oh, I just woke up. What happened? <laughs> it, it was officially an NHL game of hockey that happened that we watched all 60 minutes of. But there was only one goal. Oh, that was brutal. It was. Uh, so let's just start there. Like, yeah. do you guys have a problem with the goal? Because I thought it was a great shot, and then people were like, "Ruby needs to have that." And I, I went back and watched it a couple more times, and I'm just like, "This is one of the league's most consistent goal scorers over the last five years. Just beats a goalie cleanly with no." You know, we see Burkowski do it all the time, and we're always like, "Oh, Burkowski is amazing." <laughs> I thought it was a great. I thought it was a great shot, right? Like it was just above the pads. There, it looked like there might have been some people in the way. It looked like he might have been screened a little bit, um, just coming from the point there. So, yeah, I mean, it. I guess it was a three on two, and the Avs kind of had a little bit of a sloppy change. But oh, the change was garbage, and the yeah. whole shift. The whole shift was 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 ruined when Connor Timmons made that blind pass. Yeah. And it for some reason, I think it was both Taves and Donskoy just watched it go right by him. Yeah. There was a lot of that tonight. It was weird. It, it wasn't it wasn't a bad play by uh by by Timmons. It was just neither guy that got neither Av that got near the puck made a made a move for it. They thought somebody else was gonna do something and it Ended up turned over. That's why they got hemmed in. And that's why as soon as Timmons was able to actually get the puck up off the boards and out, they made the desperation change because they were hemmed in for a long time. And it was it, it, just a tough a tough sequence, but I didn't have any issues with Grubauer on that. I, I mean, in I a perfect a world, shot, he man. makes the save, right? But, you know, there's a reason that these guys score 30 goals every year. <laughs> Yeah, like if that's if that's if that's a shot from I don't Keegan Colasar, I probably feel differently. But Pacioretty is the guy that he's got. He's got a great release, and the thing just it was it was really well placed. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's really well placed. So I thought yeah. Groups overall played very well. Uh, yeah, I mean, he kept us it. He kept the abs in it. Like there was some times there where the defense was out of position, and he made some stops that he probably shouldn't have had to in other games when we. You know, when the Avs been playing for a while, they would have, they would have just, you know, got the puck out of the front of that area there. All right, chat, we get it. I'm the reason the Avs <laughs> lost. Yeah, the beard's gone. Get it out. Get it out. Get out of your system. Uh, I agree, though. Uh, Grubauer gave him a chance to win the game. Like, yeah. <laughs> if you lose one nothing, you cannot put that on the goalie any night. So it's hard to go there. Um, I this was a game where honestly the little things is where a lot of the rust was for the Avalanche I think first 10 minutes of the game absolutely they looked rusty as hell but after that the general play was fine it was just the little plays you could see guys weren't quite connecting passes weren't right right where people expected them there was just enough to be a little bit off for the Avs so their their start to their first game back in was it twelve days off? I believe. Yeah. Yep. They're the way that they started that game is akin to starting like a night out 
with like a row of tequila shots. Yeah. <laughs> because it was just it was it was just as hardcore as it gets. You take a too many men penalty 40 seconds in, which Rudo, I meant to ask you. Yeah, I'll pull it the, up, man. Yeah, can you grab that your post from it? Because should not have been a penalty. It was bullshit. But then the Timmins high stick, like two minutes later. So they go on, they go on the they go on the PK twice in the first six minutes of their first game back. And it's like, all right, strap in, it's gonna be a night. And they got through it. And I think, I think honestly, it almost ended up being one of those things that builds confidence for a team, yeah. where they're like, "Okay, well, that could have gone really, really poorly, yeah. but we made it through. It's fine. It's still zero zero. We're okay. Let's do our thing. Let's get out there and let's get let's get to work." Because as soon as they found their legs at even strength, I mean, it was only it was only a couple more minutes after that that they found the legs at even strength. Where you say if they'd been at even strength that whole time. They probably find it at five minutes and not ten minutes. Okay, so let's do a little counting with Rudo here. <laughs> Avs do have seven guys on the ice: one, two, three, four, five, six, and seven. Two are going for the change. If you want to make the argument that the Avs had six, because you know, outside the five foot rule and Belmar's a little bit slow getting off, sure, whatever, fine. I'm not going to complain about it. But one, two. Three, four, <laughs> five, six. All of and, which actively involved in the play. And with the puck. And yeah. they have the puck, indeed. So Wait, hold on. There's only six ads here. No, the one's over the board. Just oh, off the bench, yeah. Right. Yeah. So six and a half, I guess. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't... It, the penalty on the ads is fine, but how the ads ended up the only ones in the box there is insane. <laughs> It's just ridiculous. Uh, that's where that's where they should stop play, and they should just skate over to both coaches and be like, "Get it together right. <laughs> on national television! <laughs> Don't do this again." They they were taking it back to hockey's roots. All right, they brought the rover back. A little bit of six on six, I guess seven on seven if you count the goalies. At least the abs were changing. I mean, on the night side there, right? They're yeah. actively in the play. Like, you, <clears throat> as a ref, like, you look at that and you're like, okay, well, these guys are over here. The puck's on the other side of the ice. It's really not that big of a deal, you know, because they're close to the bench. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's that too, right? Like, the Vegas player in the offensive zone, who's the guy that ultimately went off the ice. Uh, let me bring it back here. 67 here. Yeah. Is so far away from his bench. <laughs> like that dude is not close to getting not, off and changing. If he was an Av, you couldn't make an argument yeah. he was close to the bench <laughs> right. for changing. Like it's ridiculous. Uh vaguely sober, thank you for the super chat. Matt looked like looked to be fighting the new yeah. stick tonight. Oh. Um uh, look, I the top line definitely struggled, especially through the first two periods. I thought they started to look better in the third. Uh, but I, I want to give some credit to Vegas here. Like I think Vegas did a great job, not only in the top line but on the abs as a whole. They just packed the home plate area and didn't let anything <laughs> through the middle all night. Like the abs were just f- struggling to get through that defense. I think uh, that if this is the best that Vegas has to offer Colorado, that if these two teams see each other in a postseason series. Abs at full strength, forget it. It may not be close. Um, Because they had Petrangelo matched one-on-one against the McKinnon line pretty consistently throughout. Um, 
they shared the Petrangelo was on the ice against Nathan McKinnon for 16 minutes tonight. And the Avs won that shot advantage 10 to 6. So, and even, like that- even with us feeling like the top line, because I do agree with you that the top line, it was rusty. And that's really the, the word that you continue to apply throughout this game is that they looked rusty. They did. They looked disjointed. They did not look like they were firing on all cylinders. To be honest, after 12 days off, it would have been freaking weird had they. It would like three practices. It would have just been really, really weird had they come out and been like, nothing happened. We're still amazing. And it was just like, okay. Um, But like, these are the two best teams in the West that I've seen this season. And honestly, like Mark Stone is amazing, but Chandler Stevenson going head to head against Nathan McKinnon is not the matchup Vegas wants. Well, what about McKinnon like showing some of the little bit of frustration they had on the bench, putting his head down and just trying to like figure out what was going on? But like that first and second period, he was tripping over his skates, looked like the puck was just like rolling off his stick a bunch. Like you could tell he was very frustrated with his his own play. Yeah. Miko too, kind of same thing in those first couple periods. It was I <laughs> I mean, look, when you haven't played a game in 12 days and you play at the elite level that those guys do on most yeah. nights, it's you have to get back in the groove a little bit again. Uh, I I am curious what you guys thought of Saad on that top line because from what I saw on Twitter, I think I liked him a lot more than a lot of people. I certainly agree with that. Um, I also think that tonight was one of those nights. Was, this is this is this is a fan trap game. Yeah, for sure. You, you get amped up. The abs are back. They you haven't seen them in two weeks. They're going against Vegas. This is supposed to be the powerhouses of uh, of of the division, and you're feeling like, oh, you're really amped up for it. And you get a team that hasn't played in twelve days, and you get a team that is on the second night of a back to back. Who who was in San Jose last night? You just get really ugly, sloppy hockey. And I think that it was just a frustrating experience to watch. Yeah. And so when you see a lot of the people who are going on and on about Sod, it's just the nearest thing. Well, the top line isn't working, so it must be that guy's fault. Well, this line isn't working, so it must be that guy's fault. You know, it's just, you're trying to find answers. It's just a natural thing, right? You're trying to find answers for frustrations that you're having. Uh, and And I just, I didn't personally have that big of a problem with Saad. I, I thought the whole top line didn't look great early on. And then in the third period, he was involved in some of their better scoring chances. Yeah, I mean, like I thought Saad played within his game very well. He was very much like, okay, on this line, I get the puck to Nathan McKinnon and Miko Rantanen and I go to the net. And as Blaze, you already said, when McKinnon's tripping over his skates, that's not going to look super great sometimes, but. I think the other thing too, like if you gave those guys three games, right, to just play together, they're yeah. gonna gel a little bit more. Hopefully we're not talking about that and three games. I mean, they look significantly better in the third period, right? That's yeah. true, yeah. Yeah, but I'm I'm just saying like that gel factor right comes in after one or two games and then they're starting to zing the puck around a little bit more because everyone knows where everyone's gonna be. Yeah. Well and, and this is this is with almost no practice time either. Yeah. Because Was it two days. The they had it was two real days of practice and then a travel day, which is like 30 minutes of let's get the heart rate up and then let's get on the airplane. <laughs> travel days are the worst. They when we were allowed to cover things in person, 
travel travel day practices were the worst things ever outside of optionals. So because they just don't do anything. So they only really had two real practice days. And I would remind people that coming off of this 12-day break is like what they had to do last year when they had the all-star break and their bye week combined, and they had the 10-day break. And they got smoked by Philly coming off. Yeah, they got blown out by (laughs) Philly, like six to four. And they and then they they continued that road trip. You go back, you look at that road trip, they were good. They had a winning record on the rest of that trip. They were fine. Uh, but it was it's definitely that first game back is a there's nothing that simulates NHL game speed like an NHL game. Vegas has been consistently playing. They've been in games. They've been doing their thing. Even on the second night of a back-to-back, they're in a rhythm. So the Avs got lucky that they were tired and that it was a it was just kind of a a slog. But really, like I'm, I just don't have I I don't have many problems with how either team played. I think this is a feeling out game for two teams that know that they're they're staring. They're probably staring at the other heavy hitter in the division. And this is no offense to St. Louis, who I think is a good hockey team. I think that there's just, they're a tick below. And so I think these are two teams that know, hey, these head-to-head games are extremely important. They're going to need to win these things. They're going to need the, you, you can't let the other one house you in this series. And they play four games against each other in the next week. This is very much a feeling out game and a getting back to business game and all the rust and fatigue and all this stuff. It's really the perfect storm for medi- for very mediocre hockey. Yeah. Yep. There was no flow tonight yeah. <laughs> in the game. It was, it was brutal. It was awful choppy. <laughs> um, let's circle back to our king of the game really quick. We are giving it to Philip Grubauer for only giving up the one goal tonight. Had the 958 save percentage and it didn't get a win. You hate to see it. Uh, it's the the goalie conversation is over, right? Like, the Avs have to seriously start talking about extending Grubauer now. Yes? Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. We've talked about it. If I'm Philip Grubauer, there's no chance in hell. Right. Why would Gruby do it? But it, <laughs> Fransos is going to come back whenever he comes back, and he's going to be squarely the backup. There is no tandem conversation anymore. I, I really... I feel like we've done this a couple of times where we've like closed the door on this. Like they're a tandem. Phil Grubauer has won this job. And then something always comes up that makes us be like, well, maybe (laughs) the only thing that can reopen the door is injuries. I think. And and it happened last year, but like happens to the abs all the time. (laughs) Apparently (laughs) through, through, the start of the season. I mean, the guy being his number. His numbers are insane, right? Like, yeah. if you're picking a, if you're picking, you're picking a, a Vesna list right now. He's somewhere in your top five. If he's yeah. not, your list is shitty and you're wrong. <laughs> so he's had that kind of start, but like, we've seen him play great in ten game spurts. The sure. thing is, the thing is to mitigate the lows because his lows have been brutally low, and so when we get when we get the that that Philip Grubauer when we get that that downward swing that is inevitable because no goalie just rolls on a nine fifty 
just regularly, that'll be that'll that'll really be the key there. Don't open the door because last year he opened the door. Two years ago for Varley, Varley was the freaking starter. So, you know, the 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 only reason that this that we keep trying to do this is because Grubauer has continued to open the door. <laughs> I feel like you close the door shut enough times, eventually you just can't open it again. So <laughs> for the record, of goalies with at least ten games played, Grubauer has the best save percentage in the league right now. Oh, so wow. like I said. He's got to be top five in your best now. Uh, Pete, thank you for the super chat. Any word on McCarr? Nope. So all we know, uh, all we know here is that um, he got hurt. We're not entirely sure when, because he practiced yesterday. According to the team, he practiced yesterday. I mean, according um, to the team, Martin Cout also was at that practice. You but. know, I don't <laughs> – the Martin Cout thing continues to be even more mysterious. So, <laughs> I don't know. But according to the team, he practiced and uh, did not did not play today, but in Bednar's postgame um, said that he could play Tuesday. Yeah, Bednar, even before the pregame when he was talking, he was saying that he was day-to-day and he was kind of laughing about it. It was, it was like a – less serious tone about what was going on in his injury. Basically, like, when he says he's ready to play, he's going to go in and he's going to play 26 minutes. <laughs> well, and, and, this, and my frustration from, from Morning Skate's press conference today was he was like, he literally was like, I don't know what's wrong with them. Yeah. He's day to day. I don't even know. With an upper body, I guess. He was, he was asked about the lineup and said McCarr won't play and then was asked a follow-up question <laughs> about the injury. He literally was like, I don't even know. He was at, did he suffer it at morning skate today? Did it happen at practice? Like, when did this injury take place? And he was just like, I don't know, man. But he's day-to-day, LOL. Well, I guess we'll see, right? Hey. Tyson Berry wrestling story. Gonna rear its ugly head again. Oh, yeah. I forgot yeah, about except that. That came out, like, quickly. Yeah. Like, that was like, Tyson Berry won't be out for the next four weeks. And everybody's like, what the hell? And it's like, he has a laceration on his leg. <laughs> and then it was like, wait, what? And then it was like, so Tyson Berry was wrestling with his teammates in his hotel room and cut his leg. World right. championships, am I right? <laughs> but like with it just blows my mind that a head coach would just be like, Oh, my second best player? <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, why would I know that, guys? <laughs> you know, like it's 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 more comical than anything. But his the the super nonchalant approach to it, I was like, Oh, that dude's not this is fine. Yeah. He's got like a migraine or something. <laughs> well, that's good news at the very least. Um, let I want to give a little bit more credit to Grubauer simply by stating the names of this defense. Uh, anyone on Twitter saw, I think everyone was tweeting it out, that the Avs' entire decor combined has less than 300 games played in this game. And the vast majority of that was Tays and Graves. And so they had a bottom three defenseman. I, you know, they play them in whatever orders, but they had McDonald and then uh, Gilbert, sorry. And then I guess Timmons would be the least experienced because Byram's up to like 10 games now. <laughs> did, you, did you see how their ice time ended up being allotted tonight? 
Uh, I saw the forwards. I didn't look at the, the deep. So the deep Byram, just just straight time on ice, not power play, shadow, shorthanded, any of that. Uh, Byram, 2307. Caves, 2556. Gilbert, clearly impressed in his 816. <laughs> Timmins, 19 even. Graves, 2135. And McDonald, 1941. Considering that lineup, he... First of all, it's amazing he found a whipping boy. <laughs> yeah, no matter what. He found somebody where he was like, mm, no, no, no. He saw, he saw that play. Yeah, he saw Gilbert lose the puck in front of his open goal and said, all right, we're done. Yeah, he did the old he did the old Patrick Wall with the Zach Redman. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Oro, thank you very much for the $5 super chat. Much appreciated. Yes, I like Very I like that somebody just he just paid us to make five dollars. Yeah, that's amazing. It's a good one though too. Hey, it weed, is. weed's <laughs> legal in Vegas too, right? Yeah, it is now. So is it? Yeah, or it was when I went there a couple of years it, ago. It very much. It either is, or I've committed crime. <laughs> Wouldn't be the first, wouldn't be the last in Vegas, I imagine. But yeah. it's such a it's such a clean city too. So <laughs> true, <laughs> true. Uh, so I mean, obviously there were no expectations out of this defense, really, for the most part tonight. Yeah. But how how did we feel how they handled playing against uh, what we would view as uh, one of the league's heavyweight teams? They got by. I, I can personally cannot stand the Graves Timmons pairing. I just cannot do it with that pairing because it's terrifying. Anytime either one of them takes a step forward, I'm like, here you go. Someone's going to get beat. Are you what? curious how they did together? I am. I'm sure they like smoked it on the, on the possession metrics or something. Did you no, see that great? Where no, they back? pretty much came, uh, pretty much broke even. Didn't spend very much time together at five on five. Well, that's good. Um, but had a four, two shot. advantage. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, actual, that's not too bad. Actual shots on goal, just four to two, uh, and nothing of quality either way. And the the conversation I want to get into here was more about Timmons, because AJ, I know you quite liked his game tonight. Um, I, so I put out that the tweet uh, on uh, during the third period about it. But again, like I would stress the the end of that that this wasn't like a breakout performance. Sure. But there we're seeing more of the positive attributes that made him such an intriguing prospect. Whereas I felt like the first six games, he was a nameless, faceless, bottom pairing NHL defenseman. You could have told me. His name was literally roll the dice on any third pairing replaceable guy. He was Lucas Pisa's entire career. Like <laughs> he there was no identity to his game. There was no confidence, there was nothing. There was nothing positive about his game. He was just a guy going out there afraid to make mistakes. And tonight I felt like we got a whole lot more of what Connor Timmons is. Good and bad. They're going to be not not sitting here saying if I was writing grades, I would not say that he was better than at highest. I would give him would, would be a B minus. Uh, but but I I feel like in terms of identifiable traits of having watched a lot of him over the last few years, 
this was a lot more of the kind of guy that we expected that we would see in the NHL. And I feel like the more he does that, the more comfortable he's going to get in his own skin, being him, being who he is. And we're going to see that this guy turn into a real player because he's, he's always going to have the the foot speed problem. He's always going to have the skating. It's just always going to be an issue, but he's had that issue at every level and he's still excelled at every level. There's a reason for that. And now we just, this is, this is a reminder of what it's like to have a rookie defenseman and what it normally looks like for these guys, because Gerard McCarr and Byram have all made it look comically easy to be NHL defensemen. Now Gerard was a little different because he was playing on a defense full of guys who were out of the NHL in 12 seconds. But Timmins Timmins is still he's still figuring it out and I'm I was just encouraged by a lot more of the good that we saw from Timmins. The bad is still there, you're still frustrated by it. There've still been some turnovers and the foot speed is Always, 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 always going to be a problem. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. So I to play the classic NHL head coach here, you can kind of see why a coach might be afraid to play that guy, right? Because from shift to shift, you have no idea what he's going to do on the ice. Like it could be a blind no look turnover in his own zone. Or it could be a beautiful stretch breakout pass to spring someone for a breakaway. We saw both of those in this hockey game. So it really it's it's just as you said, that's that's what playing a rookie defenseman is supposed to be like. But and the other rookie defenseman in Bowen Byram, Blaze, I mean, you look at a sloppy game, and Byram is so close to having that factor of give me the puck, I'm confident, I'm gonna go do the thing the points just haven't quite come for him yet. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but on the defensive side, man, that, that kid looks like he's been playing in the NHL for years. He is so smooth. He doesn't panic with the puck. He's making passes like right on the tape and they're hard passes too, where he's not facing up the ice. He gets turned around, identify who he's going to hit and just hits that guy. And he's, He's making the right plays. Like it's going to fall for him. And even on the like on the offensive side of the puck, he's just he's so poised with the puck. It's unreal. He's he's turning that one move into his signature move a little bit, where he circles in the D zone and and suckers the forwards in, and then just slips it between two of them. Yeah, pass had a little bit more zip this time than that one in uh, his second game. But, <laughs> <laughs> but it's right on the tape too. Yeah, it's, it's great. So uh, look. It it's so easy to see where the points are going to come from from a player like that. Yeah, it's just a matter of getting there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So and I and I feel like <clears throat> I feel like with Byron and tonight wasn't even one of his better games. Yeah. Um he got beat up in shot metrics, and you think that. I mean, you live with a game like tonight where it's like, okay, it's not a great night. He's also being overplayed. Coming into the season, none of us were none of us were having a conversation about Bo and Byron playing twenty three minutes a night yeah. against Vegas. Like just a them's the breaks. That's the situation they're in right now. Chances are really good that come the game, the third game in the series in Tahoe, 
Bowen Byram is back to their fourth guy. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I will say he did get beat up a little bit. I mean, look at the line that was coming up. Like, those are some big guys coming down on him. And he got beat up a little bit when it got down and dirty in front of the net. But other than that, like, I, I, I think when he has the pockets, you're not worried about him making a mistake. Yeah. And it's his, what, 10th game in the NHL? And yeah. We've. We kind of saw this through through Byram's career as Avalanche property. We've seen every time in training camp, in preseason games, he hasn't quite found the physicality at the NHL level yet. It's it's something he did not an exorbitant amount in juniors, but he was significantly more comfortable doing it in juniors than he's shown so far in the NHL. Yeah. But, I mean he's going to fill out still. Like, <laughs> he's not, he's not done. When you hey, keep ahead. in mind how young he is, he's 19 years old. Right. And he's, his ELC has started and all of that. Like it's funny because when we talk about other prospects, like Alex Newhook, that guy's already 20. And then you think about how young Byram is. Yep. And like, Oh my God. It's kind of like how it was with Tyson Jost, where every time you looked, you were like, He's still 20 years old. He's <laughs> a child. Like, hasn't he been 20 for the last two years? <laughs> like, with Byram, it feels like it's he's been part of the Avs organization so long. Yeah, and it, it, and he hasn't been, but it just feels that way that you're like, how is he still a teenager? And AJ, you were talking like, you know, the Avs have been spoiled, right? Like, you have Makar, and when he was in college watching him, he was playing a grown man's game against college kids, like where he was just blowing guys up and yeah. taking the puck away from him, and he just basically transferred that into the NHL. And he's not a big guy, Makar, and he's still filling out as well, but like his, he's got a lot of more physicality to his game. Yeah. Max, how you are still awake in Paris right now is beyond me, <laughs> but props after that hockey game. <laughs> <laughs> but he definitely has some, something up on a second monitor. Yeah, right. <laughs> Got to be something to keep you going. For sure. At work, something. There's something going keeping that man going. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, I guess you know. Well, let's kind of wind things down here because at the end of the day, the underlying numbers here are pretty good for the Avs. Yeah, they're solid. Uh, they're not overwhelming. It's not like they, they laid a whooping on Vegas or anything, but they had the kind of third period you'd want them to have. Uh, they created. They dominated the period. They pushed hard. They just couldn't break through Man. on Marc-Andre Fleury, who, by the way, has had an amazing start to the season. Uh, him and uh, Grubauer right there for the Vesna, just rocking and rolling, right? Um. Yeah, I'm. I really, it's it's hard to complain too much about this effort overall, especially when you see some of the depth guys put in strong performances the way that they did. Uh, I thought I thought Colorado's third line was probably their best line at even strength. Comfer and O'Connor both contributed to a number of good scoring chances. Those guys were all over the place and not in like a dominant way. But in a, every time you looked up, it was like, geez, man, this is another puck that Flurry's either in front of or, you know, puck sailing wide or whatever. And I thought the, for that line specific, and especially for JT Comfort, this is what he needed. Yeah. This is much more of a kind of performance that he absolutely needed to have. Just being involved generally. 
you know, the points didn't come tonight, but yeah, the dude but wasn't I mean, a ghost. Yeah, you you talk. He was fifty six percent in the faceoff circle, and he had two shots on goal, two hits, a blocked shot, and the shot metrics are dominant in his favor. And it's like way, 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 way more of the JT Comfer that we are expecting to see normally. Like he's been talked about as the weakness of this team by guys like us all off season. He's had such a poor start to the season. And then this dude rolls out and has the kind of game that he does. And people still want to bag on him. And it's like, this is the best that we've seen from JT all year. If he's going to get kickstarted, then it's got to, it's got to come from something like this, but you still got to get some points to drop. This is the Val Machushkin Tyson Joe's problem right here. Yep. It's, Still, like you said, in maybe not Tuesday. We'll see who's good to go Tuesday. Sounds like Makar. But by the outdoor game, you're hoping you add the man rocket. You add potentially Tyson Jost. I don't know if he'll be fully off the COVID list or not by then. There's a potential for Matt Calvert to be back. They talked about him feeling better. Um Vegas maybe kept this iteration of the Avs from scoring on them with a great performance from their goaltender, but you add the not even all of the Avs arsenal. You add a couple more pieces. You add that couple games to get back in the rhythm. You're not going to shut this team out on a regular basis. Well, and like, and again, you know, we haven't talked about it. It hasn't been like a focal point of this pod or anything, but you're talking they're missing one third of the league of the league's arguably top line. Like, yep. Okay, so you still have two-thirds of it there. Like, sure. But you only had to go up against about 70 seconds of PK time. Yep. So you got you you had three power plays of your own, one of which was also abbreviated, but you got you got that advantage. And you didn't have to face an entire full power play. You don't and not only that, but there's no Kale McCarr. So now you're missing now you're missing 40% of your top power play unit. It's not even it's not even out there. And it's like, okay, you just like the the heavy hitters just not being there. And two of their best puck movers and gen and offensive drivers of play from the back end in Gerard and McCarr, not there. You know, guys that guys that break pucks out with their legs and put put a ton of stress on defenses with playmaking ability by being able to skate through things. Defensively, this was this was as easy a game as they're going to get against the Abs all season. You know, bar, barring more injuries, which of course are always possible, and at this point, I'm afraid to mention. But this was this was a this was meant for. This was meant. I mean, this this was set up for the Knights to have a good defensive game against the Avs, and they did. They were fine, and they got helped out a lot by not being called for any penalties. The one penalty they got called was the Megna thing, and that was not even a penalty. Yeah. (laughs) So, I I don't. Is it the same refs? They keep switching the refs. I think so. It won't be the same refs. Um, for like backs and stuff, like if like in the Anaheim series, they had the same refs. Um, but the um, otherwise they have been rotating refs in and out. So, so. more six on seven hockey. All right, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> it reminds me of a couple of years ago when the Avs were beating Montreal, 
and Montreal had seven guys on the ice at the end of the game yep. for a solid like minute and 12 seconds or something. And they, they just don't see it. And it was like, you guys had the goalies pulled. They have seven skaters. <laughs> what are you looking at? How? What? Is part of the, the, the ref test to become an NHL ref or linesman not include? Can you count? <laughs> it's only up to six. <laughs> so, and I, I do want to make it clear, not an excuse for the Avs. The refing was bad, but huh. the Avs scored zero goals in this hockey game. Yeah. <laughs> Hard to win. For real. Hard to win. So. It it is what it is. I I don't know. Any any other uh, final positive thoughts here, Blaze? Uh, LOC looked great. I thought tonight. Uh, holy hands! I didn't know he had that kind of uh, handwork out there. I'm not sure if he knew either. To be honest, <laughs> <laughs> was that just a fluke? I so. mean, if he can do it again, we'll see. Yeah, I, yeah. His his game is is usually a lot more speed, but yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> He's got. <laughs> More goals than a bunch of dudes in the Avs bottom six this year already. So I thought tonight was a really good response for all the people who, who say that the Avs can't play a heavier game or whatever. Yeah. And it's like, look, they they lost the game. And if that's all you're looking at, then congratulations. Confirmation bias is alive and well. But I thought they did just fine. Uh, 33 to 34 in hits. I thought that they were both just fine. I thought both teams handled the physicality and, and kind of the aggression that was there. There's a lot of sloppiness and a lot of rustiness in this game. Uh, some of that is caused by the other team. It's not, you know, it's not like, it's For not sure. like you just it, fall out of the sky and it's like, oh, you're rusty and the other team has nothing to do with that. Some of it is caused by the other team. Let's be real. The Avs can afford to be rusty if they're playing a defense like, oh, I don't know, say Vancouver. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. So, wouldn't it be nice for a team to actually get a free defensive night like that? Like, yep. What is the free defensive night in the West? Is it is it San Jose? LA. It's not Arizona. Well, Arizona, LA, Arizona, and Anaheim like can yeah, lock you down, right? They they they'll grind it out on you. It, it's got to be the Sharks. Yeah, with Burns back there, it's yeah. And Vlasic is just cratered, so it's Sharks. Yeah. Probably Sharks. All right. Anyway, I was just wondering because uh, this, it sure seems like. The thing I learned tonight, I was not expecting it to be that the Sharks are the worst defensive team in the West Division, but here we are. <laughs> I would also like, so about just real quick, since we always harp too much on this, we might as well be consistent. Sure. But this, the fourth line, Sheldon Dry is putting up zeros across the board. Like, welcome back. This is, <laughs> this is exactly why those of us who were upset, like with, with his promotion to the NHL roster, were like, we know how this ends. We know how this ends. <laughs> because it just it looks just like that. Like at least Jason Megna, who I learned a ton of stuff about today. Uh the fun facts about Jason Magna on Twitter tonight were tremendous. Like yeah, his, his father in law is Jim Craig. Yeah, apparently. Yeah. What? <laughs> awesome. And that he grew up in the Ferris Bueller's Day Off house. What he he grew up in he grew up in Cameron's house in Ferris Bueller's Day Off the really? nice house yeah the one where they drove the car out of the back yeah, of it yeah, yeah. yeah he grew that was his childhood home wow 
the more you know. Yeah, and so it was like, you know what? I'm glad we had Jason Megna around for this game so I could learn these things. That is super cool. What a dope life that guy's had. I wish he would have scored. Yeah, had one of the better-ass chances. Yeah, he did. Uh, but regardless, I, you know, I, they they saw, they they like came, saw, and move on with, with Megna last year. I think we're, we're already there. Uh, and with Drys, it's like just the same thing. Like, come on. Let's. Let's be done with this. Let's give some of these other guys that haven't gotten looks. Let's give them looks. Can we stop with the retreads? I'm not going to throw out any specific names because I don't need to beat the dead horse, but I kind of am anyway. First name starts with an S and his last name starts with a B. (laughs) I do miss Shane (laughs) O'Brien. That's enough. Is that really the guy you want to put on the ice? All right, anyway. Anyway. Not with that defensive effort. That was solid, man. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I guess he can replace Dennis Gilbert, but like <laughs> Jacob McDonald, like Jacob McDonald is giving off serious Ryan Graves vibes. Uh, just, he comes, he comes up from the AHL, and you're like, shit, this guy's good. I don't know what's man. happening here. He's uh, he scares me because in he's just a forward in the offensive zone. <laughs> no, he's like rarely above the half wall. He definitely, <laughs> there there was one uh, sequence with the third line where like. He just he got onto the ice and you can see he jumps on from the bench <laughs> and he just didn't stop skating until he was about a foot from the crease. And then he was like, oh, I guess I'll stop and turn around and go the other way. And it was like a three on one the other way. And it was like, oh, my God, dude, you can't. You, uh, you got to pick your spots, brother. How about the one with the, uh, was that Graves that had to come back and dive for the puck because oh, they were play on stone. Well, unreal. That happened twice tonight. Kadri had to do it too. The pass didn't get through on Kadri's yeah. one. The a lot of, a lot of Kadri play, hate but... tonight. Why? I he, yeah, I didn't. I thought he that. played well. I well, I'm. I thought he handled the tone of the game well. I thought he fit in nicely with the physicality of it. Um, but I thought there was probably a little more to give offensively. McDon- McDonald line. also missed him on the back door for a, what <laughs> yeah. could have been a yeah. wide open like tap in goal. The whole second line kind of struggled offensively a little bit tonight. Berkey wasn't getting shots through. Donskoy missed a wide open tap in that just bounced over his stick right in front of the net, basically. What in the world was that from Burakovsky yeah. on that like early two on one where yeah. he's like, I'm not shooting it. I'm not shooting it. His okay, back is like shooting to yeah. the goaltender. Yeah. And then he realizes, oh, I'm at the crease and he turns and he's like, All right, let's bang this away at the pad. And you're like, oh man. That- you you wanted to pass that puck so badly, and bro, why are you listening to our pod? Stop <laughs> listening to our pod, or go back to the original episodes where we said just shoot the puck. That's what you do. Don't listen to the ones where we're like, "Wow, Berkey's a great playmaker." <laughs> Don't listen to those episodes. Damn it, Berkey! We went right to his head, and it's over now. I know, right? My God, our, the power that we wield. This oh man! Great. Yeah. No one podcast should have all that power. Maybe he was watching too much Canucks hockey. <laughs> Nobody, <laughs> should do that. Nobody should do that. <laughs> I will say that Quinn Hughes goal last night was cool. Oh, he like ping ponged off of, off a couple of dudes after stealing the puck, and that's a cool goal. Yeah, the Sam Bennett goal was good too. Yeah, Vancouver I mean, almost yeah. lost that game out shooting them by like triple. <laughs> I like that the Flames, every end of their game ends in just fireworks. <laughs> it's just 
something crazy is going to happen. Kachuk's punching some guy in the face that's like, I don't want to fight, and he's just jabbing him, jabbing him, jabbing him. (laughs) There you go. A man after AJ's heart right there. (laughs) (laughs) All right. We're going to get out of here for the night. Thank you, everyone, for watching, listening. However you consume the podcast, we appreciate it greatly. Be sure to like and subscribe to the video and the channel. That helps us out a ton on YouTube. Also, be sure to go follow at Avalanche, DNVR underscore Avalanche on Twitter. Getting darn close to 10K followers over on that account. We want to we wanna hit that soon here. So that would be cool as well. Thank you again for all of the super chats we got tonight. We will be back again tomorrow with a regular 1 p.m. show and then post game for Tuesday. Will we? Oh, oh yeah, it's President's Day tomorrow. I, we, I might not be back tomorrow. Sorry. Uh, TBD on Monday's show, but we'll definitely be post game Tuesday for sure. So tune into that one. We'll see all y'all guys there. Have a good rest of your night and enjoy President's Day, I guess. <laughs>